poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast that these days, kind of the Tactical Tuesday podcast, if I could, if I could be honest, it seems, seems as if the Tuesdays um, only show of the week. So welcome to the Tactical Tuesday podcast on the CPG podcast network that only has one show, Tactical Tuesday. I'm Coach Brad Wilson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan how are we doing, sir? Doing good. We got a, uh, one of my favorite, I think this will be one of my favorite episodes of Tactical Tuesday because it's about flush draws. You love flush draws. I think a little bit too much, as you guys will soon see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a real thing. I don't know if we need like flush draws anonymous or some type of program, but John legitimately... He loves his flush draws. His policy with flush draws, by the way, is that just don't play, never play them in a way where you have to fold at any point. Never. That's that's the. I'm seeing the river no matter what. (laughs) Double paired board on the turn. I'm seeing the river. (laughs) I might make this flush. Like, you want to ruin John's month? Just make him fold a flush draw. At some point in the hand, he's like, uh, you know, Charlie Brown, just head down. (laughs) distraught walking away from the table <laughs> don't have to worry about playing against john anymore if, if you make him fold a flush draw with that said i guess you're going to flop a flush draw here with this ace eight of spades you can mm-hmm. go ahead and break down the action for the list how funny would it be if it was like a one spade flop <laughs> so i flop a flush draw <laughs> three flush flush draw know, we uh we get an open from from middle position 25 dollars playing five ten i'm in the big blind with ace eight of spades i call Reg in middle position, queen nine four two spades. So we flop a real flush draw. Reg starts out with a one third c bet. Um, you see how judgy he is about backdoor flush draws. This is a real flush draw, not like one of those. Oh no, they're all. Real. I, I think they're all real. Uh, trust me, I I am the biggest advocate for backdoor flush draws. <laughs> <laughs> you you you'll find. Oh okay okay. Way to set me straight. So you flopped enough flush draw. Queen nine four. Queen nine of spades. 100 bigs deep, you started. Reg starts out by betting a third-ish. Looks less than a third. Yeah, small size. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could have every single size in your C-bet strategy on this board. I think Queen 942 tone wouldn't be shocked to see someone have a third, a big size, and a checking range. Wouldn't be surprised to see someone bet a third with their range. Wouldn't be surprised to see someone not even have a one-third C-bet size and only be playing big bet check. So can't really read too much into this uh, too much into the C-bet size other than it's you know it's on the smaller side and probably going to have more check raises um, just with all all parts of my range facing smaller C-bets. And yep. flush draw, overcard, going to make it in there. Definitely gonna make it in there, right? How how could nut flush draw with overcard not make it in there? 
Yeah. I had those all those qualifiers like nut flush out with overcard, but really it doesn't matter whether it's nuts <laughs> or overcard or two unders or <laughs> you have flush draw with backdoor straight possibilities. Gonna raise that one too. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention that. I don't think there's like any hand that you have that doesn't have some kind of backdoor straight possibility on Queen Nine Four with the Queen Nine of Spades. Uh so you raise, villain calls. Um you check raise to eighty, they see about sixteen. Um Anything about the size here looks fairly normal to me. Yeah, looks pretty standard. I actually like plug this hand into into a solver just to see like what what the exact preferred sizes were. And this was one of the options, but the uh but the larger check raise size was actually preferred. So this is about like a seventy five percent pot check raise, and um the solver that I the sim that I looked at actually wanted um, a larger check raise on this board and a check raise to like a hundred percent pot, which is. Uh, a little bit bigger, but I don't yeah. think it's a. I don't think it's going to have like a. I don't know, a How'd you feel the when the, the solver told you you could put more money in with your nut flush draw? Oh, I was like, <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Like, thanks for telling me. Like, <laughs> yes. did, you, did you did you do a hundred fifty percent raise option by any chance? Like, did you try a jam? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Stick. Um, turn is a seven. Two fourteen in the pot. They've got eight ninety behind. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about range construction on the flop as far as like check raising versus small bet. I think that, you know, when you are check raising uh, more of these hands like flush draws or open enders, um, even some like backdoor flush draws with like a three straight or gut shot, like 10, eight of diamonds or something like that. Uh, I think that's hands totally fine to check raise. Um, one, one of the considerations is that when you check raise the flop, um, if you don't check raise your top pairs, then you run out of having like a robust value range, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have queens, you have queen nine suited, probably don't even have nines. You three bet that pre a fair amount. Um, you have Definitely fours, don't have nine, four, you don't have nine, four, you don't have queen four. So like essentially, you know, you're repping like fours and queen nine suited, which is six combos. Whereas if you have like all the jack tins, backdoor flush draws, back uh back backdoor straight draws, like gut gut shots with backdoor flush draws, those type of hands, then like, yeah, you, you just can very quickly realize that you just don't have enough equity in your range when you're check raising. Um and one way to like add equity to your range would be to check check raise hands like King Queen, uh, maybe even like Queen Jack, those type of hands on the flop, and then have like build that into your check raise check strat on the turn because if you don't have those hands in your check raise check strat well when you check raise and then you check the turn it makes your life incredibly difficult out of position and makes their life incredibly easy out of when they're in position yeah yeah i used to run into that problem here where like my the only hands that i would check raise check would be draws that i check raised on the flop that turned a pair <laughs> and so yeah i i totally sympathize with like the the problems that come up with range construction when you're only check raising draws and, and top two parent sets and yeah I, I totally agree especially facing the small size um i i think that you should have check raises with uh strong top pairs yeah uh with that said now there's 214 in the pot um dylan has 890 behind and you're kind of at another interesting node here to bet or check the turn 
<laughs> I guess this is note is very easy for you. <laughs> just just going to be betting the turn. Absolute yeah. frequency. Likely just setting up for stacks or like threatening stacks on the river. I don't know if that's like, I don't, I don't know if that's necessary. Like, could I just get away with like three quarters here or a smaller size um, and not have to like pot it or whatever it looks like I'll have to do to, to get stacks in. I, I'm generally just going to like kind of do the stack getting in posture thing on the turn and see what I happens. I don't know if that garners me any extra fold equity, but I'm doing it hoping that it does. I would be very nervous about that line because you do open the door for villain to just like rip yeah, aces yeah. and kings and mm -hmm. like a hand like king queen or queen jack, right? I think would be a a, a rippable hand here on the turn yeah. facing facing the big bet. Like I would actually just check this hand. Um, I think that I would reserve my bets on the turn for my uh, worse flush draws. Um, not ace high. I think like with the nut flush draw, you do have like a ton of equity against like Jack 10. Um, yeah, we can still have the best hand basically. All their like worst flush draws. So like mm -hmm. I would just check check this one and then kind of play accordingly. Maybe, hmm. Maybe just what need to check when range. You check, though, and they... Huh? So like you check and say, I think one of the most common things that's going to happen is they they stab a third on the mm -hmm. turn. Um, Maybe just check range. Yeah, and then I just like so versus the third. What do you do with with this hand? I would call, and then versus like a big turn stab. I would call. Three <laughs> yeah. I have a pretty much. I'm just going to check call essentially. Okay. The one like downside to that that I'm worried about is that we just we get bluffed in that spot. Whereas you know if we kind of take my line, we're we're hopefully never losing to King Jack and Jack Ten. And yeah, yeah. So just jam uh, the flop. You never get bluffed if you just stick it all in on the flop, right? Like, I think the... I, I forgot when I was given the rules of poker that not getting bluffed was like the primary consideration before I make any decision. But uh, That's a, a, a negative outcome that comes from checking this hand is that we will now lose to worse hands. Maybe. Almost always. How? Like they could check back with Jack Ten, and then say the river pairs the board. Like you can check call. I mean, oh, I see. I see. You don't. So you're like thinking about like situations where you bluff catch river. With yeah, A's like high. plus, like I mean, we have to like brick everything on the river too. Which I mean, I guess it happens like seventy five percent of the time when the turn goes check check. But like if you check range, like you could check jam this hand. Like you could check jam your sets. You could probably check jam king queen if you check raise the flop and check and they bet like half on the turn mm -hmm. or check raise anyway maybe jam is like overdoing it but like just give them the the double check raise i think the that's that's like raise. total totally reasonable for this spot like the problem yeah the problem for me is like you're betting the turn at an absolute frequency after check raising the flop the reason i know that is because of what you're saying what do i do when i check you don't know what you do, which means you're not checking this spot. Uh -huh. And like check raising this board and then betting the turn at an absolute frequency when like you've got such limited value to pull from just seems like a recipe to get rocked. Or check raise, check range. Okay, okay. Man, that's like, I mean, I feel like this is just like 
this must be them. Like, I, if if that's like actually the the what I should be doing, then this is like a pretty frequently occurring spot that I've been messing up by just <laughs> always barreling the turn after check raising the flop. That doesn't feel good. I mean, there are a lot of like little things that need to happen in order to to check raise check. Like the main one being that you have just very limited amount of very strong hands to pull from, mm-hmm. which just inherently makes your range full of hands like this. Yeah. And so like, that's a great situation for villain. Yeah. It's just like, easy for, you know, smart, capable regs to just take a pair or ace high or whatever and just bluff catch the spot and realize that I'm probably way over check raising and way over, over barreling. On I mean, or just jam the turn with like a queen. Yeah. Like yeah, you, you bet pot, they just jam. Opinion. Like, yeah. pff, good luck. Like, good luck beating them when they take that line. Like blocking queen nine. Um, yeah, good. Good luck turning a profit. Um, in, in my defense, so this is just like this is just like my go-to line for this strategy. I I don't get jammed on on the yeah. turn, and like that's you know that, it's sort of a little like. I get what you mean by like, yeah, like if, if that's how like my range is comprised, then like it makes a lot of sense to jam the turn and just like deny a lot of my equity um, or deny a lot of equity from, from, from my range. Um, You're also going to overfold like at an incredible level. Yeah. Facing the jam. Yeah. I just don't face it though. Yeah. Which is like, uh, and I, you know, it's, it's definitely a threat, but I feel like if I did get jammed on, on the turn, you know, even you know, at, at even at like a relatively reasonable frequency, not even if it was just like happening like all the time, that's, it's something that I would definitely be like, okay, like I need to change how I play this spot. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it you, just, maybe you, you it just happens and I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not like picking up on it. It happens like sometimes and I'm just, well, it's going to happen now. Um, <laughs> no, y- you <laughs> yeah. would know um, if you take this line at a high frequency that, and villains aren't responding in this way. Like I, yeah. I, I personally am, hesitant to just like deploy a strat that has like yeah holes in it it's it's like oh this is like really like if i actually just think about this situation like it yeah. i have a pretty hard counter that just wrecks your life um right. so anyway with all that said like i actually think the most the biggest takeaway for me from this conversation is that i should be jamming the, the turn in position more because like that's something i don't do either which is probably why i don't see it like mm. about to happen or like looming like when i bet yeah a say because i just call all my bluff catchers and call the river, but like, I'm just totally seeing like all the merits of, you know, people like likely just not having enough, enough value in their check raise barrel turn line on, on brick turns to, to make me not want to jam the turn. So like, yeah, I'm going to change my, maybe think about changing my out of position strategy, but I'm definitely going to change my IP strategy. Um, after getting check raised on the flop to just at least consider jamming more, um, uh, mm-hmm. when I face a big turn barrel. Yeah. Very nice. Well, let's see what happens on the turn. I assume you're just going to bet. You yeah. bet pot, they call. Um, everything bricks on the river. There's 636 in the pot. They bet 679. You Seems like a have, reasonable give up candidate. I mean, let's see. So you have infinite bluffs, very little value. <laughs> That that seems like it would make it a decent give up candidate. We have two cards that we would really like our opponent to have. Yeah, we block 
the hands that like we would like villain to have so they can fold more. So cool. Like, yeah, this, this seems like you're just, you know, wandering, you're like in world war one, just wandering across no man's land in broad daylight, waving your arms. Like, Hey guys, <laughs> I hope I make it. <laughs> I'm going to make it like be friends. Don't hurt me. Um, yeah, this seems, seems like a clear give up spot. Like I just, I, uh, I just want to tie this back to um, or like this spot back to like one of the suggestions that we got in the village from a um, longtime villager who who had like a tactical Tuesday request about mm. um, just like having bluff situations where like you do you do take an aggressive action with a bluff or a semi bluff and then find a find a spot later down the line to check or give up yeah. um, whether it be on the turn or the river. And I think this is just like one of the most the. Uh, I don't know, just like one of the most commonly occurring situations. I know this isn't technically like a low equity bluff on the flop. It's not like a, you know, yeah, cut yeah. shot or double back door. It's low equity on the river. It's low equity on the river. It's very yeah, low equity. For on the sure. River. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so like, just like, again, like all the properties of this hand, like, you know, we, we have infinite bluffs on this run out. We have again, two cards that we would really want, hope our opponent would have on the river and mm -hmm. hope that we're folding out lots of bricks, ace high flush draws or, or stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, a lot of reasons not to jam here and just like breaking the front door flush draw after playing it really aggressively, I think is a, a reasonable spot to just give up on the river. And so, yeah, which all that said, I'm guessing you just pile it in. No, no, no. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he piled it in, um, for the podcast listener, he stuck all the money in Dylan called had aces and said, thank you for the tasty snack there, sir. Yep. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, well, hand number one, days without incidences, hands without incidences back to zero. Stick around after the break. Let's see if we can make it one hand without incident before yeah. next week. Stick around. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do, one man Coach Brad Wilson. has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. Alright. We're back at zero. Hands without incident. Let's see if John can redeem himself in the back half of today's Tactical Tuesday. To start the action off, he's playing 1K and L. The button opens to 2.5 bigs. Um, about 130 big blinds effective. John's in the big blind with ace four of diamonds. I imagine that he's just going to call. <laughs> I was actually going to say you very could could three bet here like yeah, very easily. Um, but you defend the big blind with ace four of diamonds. Flop is eight eight deuce with the eight deuce of diamonds. So pretty decent flop for you with not flush draw you check villain bets a quarter yeah a quarter quarter ish 30 percent ish um it's already a lot of ways we could go with this hand sure i could see just check calling with your not flush draws and treating ace high like a bluff catcher on a on a paired flop where you know ace high is going to be going to i think perform much better as a bluff catcher than it does on on non-paired boards and check raise just our worst uh, our, our worst flushes that don't have as much showdown value um, or any showdown value, like a, you know, six, four of diamonds type hand, maybe 
Uh, the flip side is when we do check raise our net flush draws here, one of the nice things that happen is they we can get called by worse flush draws and either cooler them or just you know end up somehow playing a, a much larger pot flush draw versus flush draw. Mm -hmm. um, we can just get folds now, doubtful that we get folds from um, from any better hands, but still, you know, just folding out people's equity is is generally positive. So. Welcome to Tactical Tuesday, where this one. we can do huh? anything, and anything is okay. Yeah. Anything and everything is okay, except for folding. Folding is the yeah, yeah. the not okay option, but yeah, I agree. Like You can check raise, you can call. I'm pretty relatively Different. indifferent. Yeah. Um, we do the gen generally, thing. I just call with this category of hand and check raise the other ones, yeah. but you know, you got your flush draw fetish, so you go ahead and put put in the check raise to $78 on the flop, fill in calls. So now the pot is to 11.78. And the turn is a six of diamonds. So fetish realized you have a flush now. This is the this is the dream, right? Turn is six of diamonds, board is eight, eight, six, deuce, three diamonds. John has 1,200, pot is 200. Now what? Um. Sizing options on the turn, I think a common one, really common thing to do when the front door, when a front door draw comes in after check raising the flop is to size down mm -hmm. on the turn. Um, it's just basically kind of, kind of just recognizing that like a, once diamonds come in, we don't have very many bluffs anymore on the turn. Our bluffs are just going to be like, you know, seven, nine of spades, like those types of hands that, um, you know, that were like a three straight three flush on the flop. Um, now most of my range is just going to be eight X flushes. And then again, like those, those small, small, uh, three straight three flushes. So just going to size down on the turn to kind of incentivize, uh, the player on the button to have like a wider calling range, put hands like, you know, nines, black nines into, into a tougher spot. Whereas I think if I bet big here, um, hands like over pairs without a diamond can, you know, at least start thinking about folding, um, um, even just like hands like over cards, I think that could easily call a check raise on the flop, like a hand like, you know, ace queen of spades or something like that is, is I think going to have a much difficult, a much more difficult time facing 70 on the turn uh, or a third on the turn, $70 than, than it would, you know, facing, facing a large bet. So I think I just, I am kind of like attacking the range that I want to attack with, with the small size and the big size just they just start folding that range okay well there you go you bet 68 into 11 i don't really have much to say i think you know you could use a big size but whatever small size is like in there too um villain calls rivers a 10 so deuce eight eight six ten. now you have uh all your three straight three flush on the flop are now straights or top yeah. pair by the river um, yeah. So, this is where I really had wasn't sure what to do. Now that I just have nothing that's like total air anymore on the river. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. the worst hands I have now are probably like ten, you know, ten seven of space, like some sort of ten x, maybe some sort of six x. Although I don't know, I don't think I'd bet the six x on the turn. So it's probably like some sort of ten x. Um, ugh, just 
too many options, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. This is very tricky. I am unsure. I'm in the tank here with this. All right, walk me through the through the things you're thinking about. <sighs> so many things. So like, um, what does villain do if they have a flush? Uh, if I bet a third, like, will they ever raise with a flush? Right? Where do my natural bluffs come from? Um, how many boats do I have? Like, if I bet small, like, can villain bluff? Do they have any, like, and what sort of hands would they be able to bluff with, right? Like, what sort of, you know, like, six, seven of spades or something? Uh, pocket pairs, I guess, fit the bill. Like, sevens, sevens with a diamond. Sevens with a diamond or something like that. Maybe those hands would be needed to, to bluff. Um, what does my 8x do here? Like if I check raise 8x and then like flush completer, like how, mm -hmm. how does that part of my range play the rest of this hand? Uh, it's another like question that I think matters and I'm, I'm unsure. <laughs> um, the fact that you bet a third on the turn, like you're kind of going linear, right? Like on the turn and sizing down. So like, does it make sense to like size up here on the river? Um, should you check what happens if you check the river? Like does villains flushes bet and then will they call a check jam or do you only get called by boats? My suspicion is that if you check jam and get called, you're probably totally screwed. So like you probably don't want to play for two bets, mm -hmm. which brings me back to my original thought of like, uh, how many boats do we have to defend with here? Like compared to villain. Um, so those those they are definitely sort of, have way more boats than we do because we don't have like offsuit ten eight. I don't know if the button sometimes opens a hand like that. Um, yeah, they've got tens. We three bet tens. Yeah. Um, they can easily call the flop with sixes. Uh, you know, I, we probably don't check raise sixes at like a super high frequency. So yeah, like they've got more boats than us. Um, I mean. After I kind of go through all that, like I'm feeling as if check might be the way. Just check and let their flushes value bet. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm really check call. Depends on the size, <laughs> but probably like probably because I can't figure out where my bluffs come from if I check raise. I guess the bluffs would come from like ace jack off with the ace of diamonds some sort of like check raise with a backdoor flush draw which i think by the way you should do on the flop by the way that was, a, that was those are hand categories that we kind of glossed over but like you know ace five off or whatever with the ace of diamonds i, I think is like sh has to be in your check raise range because like that's gonna that's gonna power your bluffs down the line here oh yeah like, that would make it so that i actually have a a pretty decent bluffing range here on the river yeah 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 um as it is and as humans tend to play, I don't think that they do that often enough. So like, I, I don't know, okay, John. So, so I, I would just check, here... I would check the river. Like, because, okay. okay, so first of all, like, I don't know if their overpairs call a bet anyway. Like a big bet. Uh -huh. um, but their 8x does. Their 8x does. Their 8x might value bet themselves if we check. Yeah. Like, ace 8 will value bet. King 8 okay. will value yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they need yeah. to dominate some of our our eights. trips our potential trips maybe yep. 
Um, but I mean, we're just at such, like we we just they just have more boats than us, and like I'm just I don't know. I would just check the river and call a call versus like most bets. I think. Okay. So the first option was like you're the one that you're going with is check call. The first option you were considering was small bet. Yeah, and then small bet to raise. Well, I mean, I consider small bet. I consider big bet. I consider check. Those are yeah. the three considerations. What's the uh, reason you didn't like big bet, like a three quarters? Because I'm not entirely sure where our bluffs come from. I don't know if aces or kings just calls three quarters. But like, other flushes and eight x do, don't they? True, they do. If you okay. check. The flushes will definitely bet, yeah, for value. Like, uh-huh. there's no no doubt about flushes. Eight right. X gets more complicated because, um, you know, flushes beat trips. Which, yeah. So yeah, they probably don't bet all of their eight X when we check, but they probably bet all of their flushes. Yeah, um, they probably call with all their eight X, but they probably fold their over pairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have more. <laughs> they just have more boats in their range. Like I'm and. Yeah, I would just if Phil, if like the IP players like actually thinking about it, I think like Kings should just be a fold on the river, like facing the big bet. Sure, maybe just they call call the small bet just because it's small bet, but yeah. like first the big bet they should definitely fold. I think in general, okay. um, and I just don't like giving people like a point of leverage where they have so many more boats than us, and like they can just. Do, do whatever they want. Like, I hate giving people that option. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's that's what I ended up doing on the river. I thought I'd just go for the big bet, try to get called by the flushes and the trips, and, like, I was okay with, you know, the over pairs folding. The main concern was what you brought up was just, like, oh, they have so many more boats than we do. Like, what if they just, you know, kind of start going crazy and just start turning trip eights into a bluff, like, on the river, thinking that, like, my range here is, like, flush... It's just like a lot of flushes and, you know, maybe some trips themselves. Um, Like that would be terrible. I don't know if they actually do that with like trips or maybe they pick other categories of hands, maybe like a hands with nine ten, like some sort of something like that. Hard to um, really anyways, I, I basically I was scared of, of like them, you know, having the same realization that we did and being like, oh, wow, I have so many more boats here. I can just start, you know, jamming here facing facing the big bet with huge chunks of my range yeah that's not a great realization like we're banking on them not having that realization versus the small yeah. bet or the big bet honestly right. um they jam <laughs> so final board eight eight deuce was the flop turn six of diamonds river ten of clubs john bet small and then bet big check race small bet big bet uh villain rips so John's getting exactly two to one. Needs to win 33% of the time. Um, you beat value, maybe. Do we? I don't know. Like, <laughs> King three of diamonds? Like, you, you don't think like King three of diamonds is going to raise? On. Sorry, what were you saying? You don't think King three of diamonds jams That's facing what I was a bet? About. It's like, it's so funny because I was like scared of getting jammed on after I big bet and they get jammed on. And my first thought is like, huh. Like maybe you would do that with like some some worse flushes, thinking that you know I would just jam the nut flush here or 
do something else with the nut well, flush. Well, you three and... bet. You three bet with ace king, ace queen, and ace jack suited at least, right? Pre mm-hmm. ace ten, ace ten suited, ace yeah. five suited. Yeah. So like you actually, if they have the king high flush, you have like ace nine, ace seven, ace three, ace four. That's four combos. Mm-hmm. Three combos of deuces. But I mean, another question that he has to ask himself and that I was thinking about is like, when he jams a king high flush, does he expect me to call with the worst hand? Yeah, uh, that's that 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 is a better question, I think. King high flush, probably. You can call it the queen high flush. I mean, <sighs> dude, I'm yes. like scared with the nut flush here. Yeah, you should be. So how can you think that? I would not expect someone to call with a king eye or queen eye flush. I'd be a little surprised if, if I jammed here and they did. Yeah. And like that, that's what I was saying. Like, if I feel terrible here with the nut flush, do you think a, a good reg or how do you, you feel know, a one K reg is the same? Deuces and the nut flush are like the same thing. I think. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better to have deuces because you have a little bit of hope that he jams the nut flush. Yeah, that's your hope with deuces. Yeah. Well. Whatever. I don't know. I would have checked the river. <laughs> Here we are. You've got to like, like call. I mean, I would imagine that like theoretically speaking, you're probably supposed to call the nut flush, like, because it's really difficult for you to fold the nut flush and like be able to defend at any re- close to reasonable frequency, um, facing jam. Uh, but yeah, that's what I was worried about too. It's just like, I, I again, like, I think you're right that this is, if I threw this into a solver, it'd just be like a, I don't know if it would play the hand this way, but if it gets to the river in this way, then it, this would certainly just be like a, a bet call, maybe even just like a jam on the river or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like where you, you don't get to not put all the money in. Um, yeah. And maybe that know. should be like a bigger consideration when you bet a third on the turn, right? If you just yeah. bet bigger on the turn, uh-huh. then you can jam the river. There's like 600 in the pot and you've got, you know, 600 in the pot and you're going to have like a thousand. So it's like 1.5 X rip. Yeah. I I think that was going to be my next question was like, should we trace this back to my turn size and should I be using a different size on the turn and just target their flushes and their eight X, right? Which is like, you know, they're going to have a decent number of both categories of hands once they call a check raise on the flop. So it's not like, it's not like terrible to, just go big on the turn and, you know, maybe have them fold out their over pairs or some of their more marginal type hands. But, you know, you, you just get in tons of money versus their flushes and their 8x and you get a pretty comfortable jam on the river, which makes the kind of makes the hand, the rest of the hand play out much more smoothly. Because if we think about the small bet on the turn, I'm probably having this feeling on a lot of rivers, right? Like this, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, like what size to use. Do I bet fold? Do I check? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I do think that I'm so afraid of these players being able to find jams like in a yeah, spot where they realize they have like the nut advantage. You're like, come on, bro. Like you, you really like betting here when like, I've got so many, I've got so many more boats than you. Right. And like, I can just exert max pressure on the nut flush. Like that is my, that is my biggest fear when yeah. I'm like considering folding on the river or betting the river. Even I'm like, dude, yeah. if they're smart enough to reckon, like, cause I mean, it, I think that if we think about the strat, like it's a little bit disrespectful to them to size up when they have like all the boats and all the leverage. 
Like you're banking on them not recognizing that. I hate banking on my opponent not recognizing something because like then when they jam, my first thought is always, did they recognize it? <laughs> like, did they <laughs> recognize induce, it? Like, or like, uh, you know, like are they just jamming like some kind of like overpair that they're turning into a bluff? You yeah. know? It just forces you to play like a guessing game where you're like having an eight. Yeah. You can have an eight and turn an eight into a bluff and be like, good luck calling me with your three combos of deuces and infinite flushes. Like flushes. Yeah. Like I think jamming an eight is like super cool. Like just yeah. turning an eight into a bluff and be like, whatever, bro. Like and I, I, I actually think that like in today's day and age, like villains are capable of finding that, which makes I it totally like, agree. Yeah. I, eight I'd be like a little bit more impressed with, but like really I could totally see people doing it with like sevens with a diamond, nines with diamond, just those sorts of fives, fours, like I guess they can't have fours, but fives and threes, like mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's really why I wanted to talk about this river spot. It's like I was worried about that. I was worried that they don't jam enough worse value, like which are two kind of conflicting thoughts, right? It's like, well, like they might jam like, you know, they might have like too many bluffs here, or, like lots and lots of bluffs here, which feels strange when they're not jamming, you know, like king three of diamonds or when, if I'm like really unsure that they jam like the king I flush or the queen I flush on the river. Um, which like, I don't know. Does that like ever make you want to go back to like that call? I would just call the river. Just doing the math call. on the off the top of my head, I would bet call the river. I think yeah. they've got like 10 combos of boats and they need like six bluff combos or something. And like, all they have to do is turn like some sort of, some sort of hand at an absolute frequency into a bluff to be over bluffing. Yeah. Pocket sevens and six combos. Like, yeah, that's all you need. Like if, if you hit, if they have sevens, you're home. Yeah. Like, so I wouldn't fold here because it's so easy for them to over bluff. Uh, but I, I would, I, I wouldn't like getting myself into this situation in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, just to like recap what I should do in this spot next time. I think it's just bet bigger on the turn and jam the river. Yeah. That's, I, I think so. Yeah. He <laughs> folded, folded the nut flush. Yeah, Look at him. Fun. He's got his, his fetish for flood, flush draws, but flushes. He's like, ah, need boat, boat plus. All about the chase. <laughs> it's all about the chase. Woo. They have the <laughs> boat, the a 10 You did it. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's going to jam this hand, but like, so what? Like, we didn't know. Um, the thing is, I, I didn't want to learn anything from this hand because learning from this hand would mean that I got bluffed. And... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that getting bluffed would actually be the preferable result for you because... No, I then... learned without getting bluffed, which is okay. Well, yeah, yeah. See, this is the value, by the way, of having a coach. Um, you know, for the listener, you're, you're hearing it in real time. Like, we learned from this hand and you didn't get bluffed, which I think is like quite, quite important. Um, you don't have to pay the price to learn from these type of situations. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and just to just to like kind of get into like the value of coaching again is just like I brought in this hand thinking that we'd spend a ton of time talking about the river and like that's where I would like, you know, tinker with my strategy. But really it just, you know, it's like the spot that I should fix is the turn, which is like wasn't really even in the forefront of my yeah my mind when I was thinking about questions for this hand. Yeah, great segue there as we we close down the show. Live cash preflop boot camp. There are Things that you are doing when you're telling your friends hand histories uh, after you play live poker that like you, sh- you should be thinking about what you did on the Genesis in the 
first node in the game tree. Like I guarantee you that if you give 10 hand histories to somebody, like you will have made many mistakes pre-flop in within those hand histories. So learning what is appropriate, what is inappropriate, what the strat should be, um, just pays for itself before the mistakes happen. I mean, and, and that's just the reality of it. So chasingpokergreatness.com, live cash preflop bootcamp. Highly recommend uh, that you gobble up that course. And with that said, good stuff today, John. As always, that's all I got. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.